This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Elliot, ready for our next guest? An eight-time All-Star. He won five World Series rings with the Yankees and with another team we won't mention who he doesn't like that much. <laughs> He's going to New York to go be part of the old-timers game. He's getting closer and closer. Isn't he too young to be an old-timer? No, he says he's getting a little nervous. He's getting closer and closer to home plate each year. Moose Scourd, how you doing, Moose? I'm doing wonderful. Everything turned out good. Good. How are you feeling? I feel good. I had uh, 30 treatments in the hospital at, at Rush, and I took a, a chemo, and I got uh, the other one, uh, radiation, I took for 30 straight days, you know, from Monday to Friday, so I'm hanging in there. Too much radiation will turn into the Incredible Hulk. What can I do? You could turn into the Incredible Hulk with so much radiation. I know. I heard what you said. He <laughs> <laughs> just chose to ignore it. So you're you're off to New York soon for the old-timers game at Yankee Stadium? Yes, sir. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm taking my daughter and my granddaughter. We'll go see the Statue of Liberty around with the boat and everything. So I'm looking forward to going to New York to see some of my former teammates, you know, that are still around. Who's closer to home plate than you? Uh, there's Yogi, Larson, Turley, Whitey Ford, and then Moose. Not bad company. No, I can't complain. So what do you think what's going on with the White Sox this year with Ozzie Gian? I don't know. Ozzie's a good manager. Listen, I feel sorry talking about Ozzie. Let me talk about Adam Dunn. He's having a tough time, and I know what the heck he's going through. Because when I got traded from the Yankees to the Dodgers, I had a hard time in the National League. I didn't want to face these pitchers in spring training. I, I I jake out of the game. I tell Casey, I don't want to play against the National League team because I won't see those pitchers. I want to face American League pitchers. And Adam Dunn, is it's, it's rough going from one league to another. I don't care who the heck you are. You're going to have a tough time. Who was a tougher manager, Casey Stengel or with the Dodgers? Who was your manager then? Was it Walter Alston? Walt Alston. Oh, he was nice. Walt was good. Casey was tough. He chewed our fannies out when we played baddies. He'd have meetings and call us a lot of names, but that's the way. He took me out for a pinch hitter in the bottom of the first inning, and I'm hitting fourth. We're playing in Yankee Stadium. And there was a pitcher named Al Aber, pitched for uh, Detroit Tigers, and uh, I'm hitting fourth, and it's time for me to hit. Bases are loaded and no outs. I hear a whistle. He took me out for a pinch hitter in the bottom of the first inning. What went through your mind when that happens? It's like, why'd you put me in the lineup to begin with? I know, what, but that's what they, they switched pitchers. They brought in a right-hander because Al Aber was wild. We had bases loaded. And this happened, and then Eddie Robinson pinch hit for me, hit a double. We won three to nothing. I, before I went in the clubhouse, I threw the bat. I hit him in the shins because I was angry. You're hitting four, and he takes me out for a pitch hitter because I'd rather hit right-handers than left-handers. My reputation was hitting against the right-hander. But he didn't know that because I was a young kid. I was 23 years old. You almost you almost didn't get the player, Purdue. My great-great-uncle almost got you ineligible, Jimmy DeVito, with that watch back in the day. Oh, yeah, you're right about that. I still got the watch. I, <laughs> I give it to my granddaughter now. I got it in 1947. Why don't you tell the story about that watch? Well, what happened when I went to Purdue University on a football scholarship, and um, they called me Guy Red Mackey, the athletic director, called me in the office. He says, Moose, you got a wristwatch? I says, yeah, they presented it to me when I was playing 
softball in Chicago, Windy City, 16-inch softball. They says, uh, Mr. Mackey says, Moose, you got to give it back. I gave it back, and then a couple months later, they gave it back to me because they knew it was a gift from my teammates. And now who's got the watch now? I got it. If you ever sell it, you know who to call. Who do I'm, who am I in a call? David Spada, give me a call, because it was my great-great-uncle. He just passed away about seven years ago. Is that, yeah, he was a good manager, but, you know, I, I, I know Jimmy was good. He was good to me. I remember my high school coach is the one that got me to play with uh, Coolvin Awning, Midland Motors. That was, um, I can't think of his name now. Coolvent was owned by uh, Bernie Glickman. But yeah, he got in trouble with the fighters, didn't he, or something? Right. <laughs> Bernie Glickman uh, was involved with the fighters, and there was a hit out on him, and he was personal friends with Tony Accardo, and he went to Tony, and Tony said, don't worry about it, no one could touch you. I, thank God I played for him. I didn't know him that well. I was a kid, 16, 17 years old. My grandfather worked for Bernie Glickman. Oh, did he? Yeah, he was, yeah, awning. He was selling awnings involved with the boxers, and there was some fight fixing going on here That's in Chicago. I read. I read that when I was in New York, that was all happening. You guys weren't fixing baseball games, though. Oh, nah. nah. The watch still the does the watch still work? Yeah, it's the Boulevard. I'm impressed. I got it. You want to buy it? I'll sell it. David, David's the guy with the money. Because I know you sold your Dodgers World Series ring because your wife wanted what? A new kitchen? No. What happened? No. What happened? I sold it for. The Dodgers treated me bad, okay? So I got angry. I sold a uniform. I sold my Dodger ring. Some guy bought it from me. From He lived around Sox Park, okay? Right around uh, uh, our, our new park. And he bought it for twenty five grand. I gave each of my sons 5000 apiece. My daughter got five. My wife took five. My wife says, you know, Moose, we got the... These uh, tile kitchen floors in the kitchen. I want to get wooden floors. But well, that's where my money went. <laughs> <laughs> Who around Sox Park is $25,000? Yeah, a guy bought it for me for twenty five grand. Now he's got it for sale. I just read in the paper he's got the thing for sale, which is fine. I got all my other rings. The one I treasure is the 61 Yankee ring, which I wear most of my life. Because okay. that was the greatest team I played with, the three M's. Maris, Mantle, and Moose. We had 143 home runs, which is still a record today for a threesome. We might have had a few cocktails, but we're not on steroids. <laughs> now, did you have more home runs or cocktails? I had more home runs. Who could who could drink more, Mickey, Whitey, Yogi? Who on your team? Mickey, Mickey was the drink. Uh, Larson too. What about Billy Martin? I I only played with him a couple. Of years. I never hung around with them guys. The click was. Whitey, Billy, and Mickey. I hang. I hung around with Bob Serve, my roommate, and Tony Kubek, who didn't drink, and Bobby Richardson. We got Bobby coming out later on today. Do you have any Bobby Richardson stories? Oh, he was, I'll tell you what. On all pop-ups, I told him I'd give him $500 a year if he catch all pop-ups in the infield, because I was bad. <laughs> to this day, he still says I owe him money. <laughs> but Bobby was a great player. So what, him on the radio today? He's coming on after you. Oh, great. Tell him I said hello. Tell him I'm, I'm feeling fine as far as my cancer, lung cancer. I think I got a good shot to beat it. He wants to come on with you, so we're going to have both of you on together in about five minutes. Okay. So what was that 61 season like when... Uh, Greatest team I played with. When Maris was going to break Ruth's record. Well, we were hoping that Mickey would break the record because Mickey had the reputation. And when Mickey got hurt the last month of the season, then everybody starts 
pulling for Roger. Roger had a great career, and he was a great player. He was an all-around player, good defensive player, had one of the best arms in right field than any, except a guy by the name of Hank Bauer. I don't know if you remember him. Definitely. But Hank played right field for us, but Roger had a great arm, too. But he could play. He was a great competitor. Who was the best baseball player all around of all time? In my time, Mickey Mantle. Because a lot of people they say... talk about Willie Mays. Mays was in two World Series. Mickey Mantle was in 12. I go by winners. Okay, but you won more World Series than all of them, didn't you? Who did? I did? Yeah, how many did you have? I was in eight World Series. We won five. And how many was Mickey in? Mickey was in 12. And how many did he win? That I don't know. I'll have to <laughs> check the stats. I think he only won when you were around. No, he wasn't. No. He won. No. He was there when DiMaggio was there. Yeah, but... In 51. Yeah. But Joe wasn't the most personable guy around, though, no, from the stories I heard. Yeah, Joe, no. I, he used to sit in my locker an old-timers game. I said, go sit someplace else, because all the guys were teasing me that, you know, I'm with Joe DiMaggio, Joe DiMaggio, and then I got... I asked him to sign a couple of balls, and he gave me a hard time. He said, I'm not signing on a sweet spot. I said, Joe, I don't care where you signed it. Just sign the ball. <laughs> Why wouldn't he sign on the sweet because spot? Because it was worth more money if he signed in the, in the middle. It wasn't costing him any money. If he I s- know, but that's the way he was. What about Mantle? Or he would sign anything. I signed anything for me. No, he was, he was great. He was a great guy. I miss him very much. Well, he was the year younger than I am now. He'd have been 79 80 years old. But he never thought he was going to live that long because all his family died in their early 50s. Yeah, I read the book. I'll tell you what, I was surprised about the book, all that stuff about him and his dad and all that. And I, we never knew about that stuff, you know. But to me, he was the best that I played. He was a winner. I had the chance to be between him and Yogi Berra dressed up in a Yankee locker room. And he'd strike out four times or five times in the game. And he'd cry by his locker. I said, Mickey, tomorrow's another day. He'd say, Moose, I let 50,000 people down today. But that's the way he was, a great competitor and a winner. What was your favorite World Series moment? When I had a three-run homer against Lou Burdett, because Lou Burdett was a Yankee. as I don't know if you remember, but in 1951, I signed my Yankee contract, and I went to meet the Yankees at Sox Park, and me and Mickey, that was the first time I met Mickey. I was 19 years old. He was 18 years old. So he signed the contract. He played one year at Joplin in the minor leagues. We're on a train going to New York and uh, work out with the Yankees for a week. And Luberdet was throwing batting practice to us, and he would never t- tell us what he was throwing. And he embarrassed the heck out of us. You know, at least in batting practice, let you know you're throwing a fastball or or breaking ball, or curveball, whatever you want to do. But let us know what's going on. But he embarrassed both of us. And when I hit that three-run homer, I round his second base, and I gave him hell. I call him every name in the book. That's for embarrassing me and Mickey in 1950. Was there animosity between the Yankees and Red Sox? Did you guys dislike each other? Yeah, no, not as bad as they do today. I don't know. We just never got along with the Red Sox. What about Pearsall? Jimmy, Jimmy was a heck of a player. He could play. He could catch him. He catch balls by the monuments and laughing at me when I was around in first base <laughs> because he made a, a great play. Because any other ballpark, 
it had been a home run. I wish I'd have been playing in this ballpark that they play in now. My God, it was, it was 461 feet to dead center where the monuments were. The left center was 457 feet. So don't tell me about Wrigley Field. There's another band box. You wouldn't have mind being on the Cubs, hitting a no, few out? No, I'm very happy where I was. Thank God they didn't sign me. I was at the Cubs-Yankee game last week in Wrigley. We had some Yankee fans in front of us. Oh, and, yeah? and they said that if Mickey Mantle or anybody else, you or Maris, would have played in Fenway Park, you guys would have put up even better numbers, they say, because those Red Sox hitters have no foul territory. I know. That's good. Like, wait, 290. I hit two home runs. I can't think of the uh, uh, Longbird, Longbird. Yeah. Jim Longbird. Jim Longbird. Now he's a doctor or something. I hit one down the right field line, hit the a pole. It was like, like 290 feet. Then I hit one, a pole down the left field line. I hit two homers off of him. You should have bought a lottery ticket. What's the chance of hitting the pole twice in the same game? I don't know, but I did it. I was very proud of that because he signed the baseball for me. Is, yeah, most you hit one pole on the other side and the other pole on the other side. You know what? You signed a baseball last time we had you in the studio, and a big Moose Scouring fan loved it. And I gave it to him. i got to get another one of those. Cause you, I like the happy. way you sign. I'll be happy. Send it to me, and I'll sign it. When I buy the watch. When you buy the watch. I don't think you want to buy the watch. <laughs> you got to throw me a price, though. But that's 1940. It says on there, 1947. It's like the price is right with Bob Barker. <laughs> Bob Barker, yeah. Did you ever in your uh, dreams think that maybe I would have liked to have been a pro football player instead? I had a chance to sign with the Cleveland Browns. Paul Brown drafted me. and But I'm glad I played in in baseball. I had 17 wonderful years. 12 years with the Yankees. We won 10 pennants. I'm counting minor leagues, too. Three years in the minors, nine years with the Yankees in the big time. That's 12 years. Then the most disappointing in my career was when I joined the White Sox in 1964. We beat the Yankees four in a row, and Phil Lenz got on the bus and started playing the harmonica. And that motivated the Yankees because Yogi and him got into a fight because Yogi was managing at that time because Mickey and Whitey told me this story. They're on the bus after... We beat him four in a row, going back to New York. And Phil Lynn started playing the harmonica, and Yogi told him to stick that harmonica. And, and uh, uh, Phil Lynn says, Mickey, what did Yogi say? Mickey says, Yogi said, play it louder. <laughs> well, they got into a fight that motivated the Yankees. The Yankees won 11 in a row. We won nine in a row, lost the pennant by one game. I'd have been in three consecutive World Series with three different teams. But I can't complain. Being 10 years, my first year in the big leagues, my first 10 years in the major leagues, I was in eight World Series. What do you think about what the Florida Marlins did naming Jack McKeon manager at 80 years old? He's the oldest guy since Connie Mack. Well, maybe Ozzy's got a chance to get the job. I think that's what's going on. I have no idea. I talked to Jack McKeon Saturday. I said, could you come on the show one week? And he says, or this Thursday. He says, I can't. He says, I got to make a road trip on uh, Thursday. I'm going to be out of town. I said, okay. Then the next day, he's named the manager of the Marlins. Where do you guys operate from? Out of Morton Grove. You were here when I did the show with Robin Earl before. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I know. All right. Where your accountant is, who counts all your money. Yeah. No, he passed away two years ago. But you're still going strong. Yeah, I can. I, I'm healthy, yeah, but, but 
Over in April, I had a hard time talking. I couldn't talk. I couldn't make a sense. But I got my voice back, and it makes me feel good. If you can't talk, there's something wrong because that's what you live for. I know. God's been good to me. I can't complain. So who do you hope to see this weekend at Yankee Stadium? Well, I want to see all my former teammates and see the new guys that I don't know that well. I mean, I see um, Jeter's a hell of a kid. You know, and I, I go and hug him and, and Swisher, and that's about it. Otherwise, I don't know anybody else. They know me, but I don't know their You know, then I see a good old Reggie Jackson. There's a winner. What about uh, a former teammate of yours that you owe money to? We got him on the line. Who's that? Oh, Bob- Bobby Richardson, that's my buddy. Bobby, how you doing? We got Moose on the line. Well, Moose, I am so glad. How are you doing? Bobby, I'm angry. I'm doing good. I got my voice back. Oh, that's great. And you're going to New York for the old-timers game? Yes, I, and you're not going, right? I'm not going, but I am. I know the reason Moose, why. That's wonderful. So, Bobby, how much does Moose owe you for all the times you covered first base from getting those pop-ups? Nine he times paid five. Me by having me as his guest at the Yankee Fantasy Camp all those years he headed it up. See that? See I owe him. <laughs> you, no, we, we pay good. We pay, you sure do. You better believe it. Yes, sir. Yeah, Tony Kubek, see, I talked to him a couple of days ago, Bobby, and everything, my voice has come back and I feel great. Oh, that's great. It's Most turned out so good. I went to the hospital, I got oh, all my radiation and and uh, chemo and everything, and I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. That's great. Well, not, I'm 95% sure better. You had a lot of folks praying for you. I know. Uh, I know you're one of them, too. I, I know you told me. I your buddy Mike, too. That's right. Yeah. And Tony. Tony, well, yeah. I had a I'm good... honored to be on the program with you. Are I'm, you talking, I'm, I'm ready. What are y'all talking about? I'm ready to get off. You're on your own I'll tell you what, another guy who's in the hospital, I hope he's doing well, was Don Larson. He was in rehab. Yeah. No, Don, I talked to him last week. He's, he's, he's coming to New York. Oh, but, good. I'll good. see him there. Thank you, Moose. We'll let you All get right. going. All right, Bobby. Moose, good to talk to you, my nice friend. Nice talk. Tell your wife I said hello and the kids. I will, Moose. And okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bobby, David, Spader, they don't make them like Moose anymore. Well, they don't. That's right. I agree with that. And uh, I'm so glad you called me and that I got to even speak to him before he's going to New York. And, uh, so you're not going to Old Timers Day this I'm year? I'm not going. I, I've played my first Old Timers game. I was 31 years old. And I've been back just about, I think I missed one or maybe two along those lines. So uh, I think it was three, four years ago now I got a base hit. They had me DH, and I hit the ball over the left fielder's head, and I was running down to first base, and Cliff Johnson was playing first base, and he stopped me and said, you stay right here. I don't want you to have a heart attack. <laughs> Put a runner in for me. And I thought, well, that's a good time to retire. <laughs> and so I did. In the last two years, I coached first base on third base with Moose. And so this year I'm going to turn it over to him, let him have the whole thing. Who's the oldest guy who plays nowadays in those games? Um, I might have been one of the older ones uh, up until three years ago. I'm 75 now, so I you're just a kid. I'm a kid, no, <laughs> but I'm uh, I'm in good shape. But I, I the last two times I threw a first ball out, I bounced it, so I'm really embarrassed about that. And, no more second base for you, huh? Yeah, that's right. Steve Sachs had trouble making that throw at Yankee Stadium from second base, too. In his prime. Well, that's what I should have done. Instead of making like a pitch, I should have made a second base throw. Threw it high. Okay. 
Now, listen, those are wonderful days. I played at a great time with some great players, not only Moose, but uh, Madeline Maris and all those guys. Yogi's still well. He'll be there. And, of course, Whitey will be there, I think. So they're all doing all right. Okay. And you used to room with Tony Kubek, is that right? My whole career, practically, in the minor leagues and the major leagues, right. What was he like then? Well, Tony uh, is probably the most learned guy I've ever met. He just knows everything. He'd be a great commissioner of baseball. And uh, then, of course, he and I both decided we had other priorities. We wanted to spend more time with our family, so we both retired early. We were 31 years old when we got out of it. Actually, Tony was 30 because he retired the year before I did. Do you think that hurt your Hall of Fame chances retiring at 31 years old? I mean, you were an eight-time well, All-Star. think about that. I played on a team with Hall of Famers, but uh, I was the guy that was supposed to get on base for them. And I, I'm not even that's, – that's not a thought. I, I'm, not, I'm not that category, so there's no problem there. Well, you were an eight-time All-Star, so you, you mustn't have been too shabby. Well – I played with a great ball club, and I did uh, play at a good time. And I, I have feeling I could do, I could hold my own there. Five gold gloves, that, that's good. Was, and they finally retired and let me win a couple of those, so that was good. Was your greatest moment in professional baseball that one inning when you hit the grand slam and two-run single in the World Series? You know, if I had to pick one particular time, it would have been 1962, which would have been two years later when the Yankees uh, won the World Championship, and Mickey Mantle was named most valuable player in the American League, and, and he made the statement Bobby should have won it. And I think that was my big thrill in baseball. Mickey won it because he had 30 home runs. We won games that he played in. He missed a lot of games, but we won every time he played. And But that's an honor for somebody like Mickey Mantle, who is indeed a Hall of Famer, to make a statement like that, and I felt like he really meant it, too. 62 was also that World Series where Willie McCovey hit that line drive about as hard as anybody's ever hit a baseball, and well, and, and you were there to to catch it. Everybody said I was playing out of position, but I just didn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> how hard how hard was that ball that he hit? Well, it was hard enough that 45 years later, I saw him for the first time, 45 years later, and his response to me was, I bet your hand is still hurting. <laughs> I said, you hit it hard. <laughs> Those Yankee teams, it seemed like Moose said there was a lot of camaraderie. You guys all got along together. You went out drinking, partying. Did you kind of miss those days? Well, I certainly enjoyed every moment of my playing days, but I moved into something that I enjoyed just as much, college coaching. I had some of my teammates' sons playing for me. Whitey Ford's son was my number one draft choice his junior year. Shortstop, Rizzuto's son played Al Worthington's son, and Yankees and Mets came down and played our ball club, and we finished second in the nation. And if you'll notice, South Carolina's right there this year. They won it all last year, and they're right in contention to it again this year. It's not easy coaching in South Carolina because it seems like all these college players want to play at the Arizonas, the Texases, and South Carolina don't have the weather you have down there. Well, if you'll look back, maybe ten times now, we've been out there and finished first, second, or third in the College World Series. So. Say that again. <laughs> it seems like the no. I know what you mean exactly. No, no, I mean th- that's an accomplishment. Uh, well, it is. It is. You're right because uh, you know when I took over, it was not a good program at all. Our football, uh, assistant football coach was the baseball coach out there, but I think the key to our success was the Yankees and Mets came down and played our ball club and just put us on the map. And right after that, we finished second in the nation. We we're 51 and six. And Texas beat us in the final game of the College World Series. So, 
then I retired from that, and uh, my assistant coach, I turned the team over to him, and he finished second in the nation in 75, 77. And then they've, Ray Tanner's been there now a good number of years, and they, they've been back a good number of times. So now what do you do with your time? Well, I have 15 grandchildren, and I spend a lot of time. My two boys are both pastors, one in Michigan. My daughter is a missionary in, in Kenya in Africa, so a lot of my time is spent uh, with grandchildren. I just had one leave this morning, and I have one coming in tomorrow, in fact. So uh, I spend a lot of time with grandchildren. I see you officiated Mickey Mantle's funeral. How did they choose you to do it? Well, Mickey and I were buddies. We had a little place together in Boone, North Carolina, at Grandfather Mountain, and at Roger Maris's funeral, Mark Roger was just 51. Uh, I was the one that was asked to represent the Yankees and have the eulogy at uh, Maris's funeral. And Paul Barrett, he on the on the motorhome going back after the service, he said, "I want you to have my funeral." And he reminded me over the years we spent a lot of time together. We talked about the it worked out that I spent those last days with him. And he really came through for the Lord, and we had a wonderful service. Very humbling experience to to have a funeral for someone like Mickey Mantle. But uh, the Lord uh, blessed his family. His son also uh, came to know the Lord right after that and went on with an early, untimely death. But uh, it's been uh, it's been something that I, I was a little bit younger, but I've had about seven of my teammates' funerals, including Cleet Boyer and Ernest Slaughter and Dick Hauser and just several others besides that. Yeah, and mean, I'm not a pastor. Everybody thinks I'm a pastor. I'm not. My two boys are, but I was just a layman. You're just a good speaker? Well, just a friend. They, they Each one uh, invited me for a special reason. Nina Slaughter had a daughter that was born when my son was uh, was born in Ridgewood, New Jersey. And uh, same day, same hospital, same doctor. And, and it was that uh, daughter of Enos that asked me to have his funeral four years before he died. And Steve Hamilton named his son after me. I had his part in his funeral and... Moorhead, Kentucky. Dick Hauser had called me on the telephone and, and talked to me and asked me to come down and take part in his. So it's just been each one separate individual thing. When I talked to Tony Kubek, he says, I don't do interviews anymore, he goes, but talk to Bobby Richardson. He's always been the spokesman for the Yankees. <laughs> well, uh, Tony and I really have spent a lot of time together. We were in the minor leagues together, roommates, and he's in Appleton. We talked on the phone just a few days ago. In fact, we were talking about moves and Tony told me that he felt like Moose was really doing much, much better, so that's good news. What was it like for a guy born in South Carolina to end up, you know, in the spotlight in New York City? Well, you know, it really started when I was 14 years old, went out for the high school team and got cut, but I made the Legion team, and we were playing after winning state and regional championships in Charlotte, North Carolina against Richmond, Virginia, and before the game, they took us out to see the film, and the film was Pride of the Yankees, story of Lou Gehrig, and I just thought, man, what a great organization. And the next year, the New York Yankees had a farm club that had spring training in my hometown of Sumter, and Mayo Smith was the manager. And as a 15-year-old, he saw me play high school ball and said, when you graduate, I'll see to it that you have a chance to sign with the Yankees. Kept his word, and sure enough, I signed at 17 the day I graduated from high school, joined the Yankees at 19, and then uh, was able to go on that same field and have a day. I was the 10th Yankee to have a day at Yankee Stadium, and I was able to say, as Lou Gehrig said, how fortunate it's been for me to have been a Yankee. And then I added, to God be the glory. 
and then retired and became a college coach and uh, then uh, an administrator. I was an athletic director as well at Coastal Carolina Liberty University and then even assisted the chancellor at Liberty and then retired again in 90, but now spending a lot of time. So I still have wonderful opportunities to speak around the country. Tony's right. I do have some unusual opportunities. Tony is probably one of the best spokesmen in the country, but he just spends time around uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, and does what he wants. And I'm so glad he was inducted into the Broadcasters Hall of Fame. He deserved that. And I mentioned earlier, he'd be a good commissioner of baseball. He really would have. What do you think about William White? He had that book that just came out. He was a president of the National League, and he's basically won't even talk about baseball anymore. He goes, I've had it with it. Well, I haven't read his book, didn't know about that, but I can see where Francis Tony, when they had the strike in baseball, he was making a half million a year, and he just walked away, and he hadn't been back. Now, he's not necessarily mad with baseball. He keeps in touch with all of his friends and, and so forth, but... uh it's hard when you when you move out to watch games. I can watch several innings at a time, but I can't sit down and watch a whole ball game. I'd rather be outside doing something or playing. But uh, I was able to move into coaching. Then I had uh, boys that played, and they were captain of their college teams. Then I had grandchildren that were playing. So I've kept that interest all along. Who was the best ball player during your era? It'd have to be Mantle. Mantle could do more than anybody in baseball. He hit with power from both sides of the plate. He could outrun anybody in baseball, great defensive, and a quiet leader. Most people didn't realize the leadership qualities Mantle had. He did it in an unusual way, not like Ralph Howe. Ralph was the probably toughest guy I ever met, and he could uh, bring the most out of individuals, mold them together as a team. But Mickey was a quiet leader that would instill in his teammates the fact they had to give 100%. They just found the videotape of that 1960 World Series with you and the Pirates in Bing Crosby's vault. Have you seen it? Well, if you've seen it, you probably haven't seen it because I was in it. Bob Costas <laughs> called and asked me to be there, and they rented a theater, and I actually uh, had a conflict, and he changed the day so I could be there. And I was the only Yankee there, but the other Pirates were all there, and I have seen it. In fact, my son had never seen me play. I had a son that was born when I was 32. I'd been retired two years, and he went with me, and that's the first time he had seen me play, so we enjoyed that. Very I have to watch. I haven't seen it yet. I have to admit that. I was in it prominent. Uh, in fact, Bill Mazeroski was not there. He was in the hospital with kidney stones. They taped him in later, but Bill Verdon, myself, and uh, and Bob Costas uh, were on a stage with Dick Rogue. So it was it was fun. It was it was a good film. So did that bring back good memories or bad? Those were good memories. Um, it's not an honor when you name most valuable player and your team loses. And so it was a quiet moment. Uh, they did give me a 1960 Corvette, so that's a good moment. I didn't do quite right. I came home and traded for a Jeep because I couldn't get my family in the Corvette. <laughs> uh, other than that, it was it was a good moment and certainly good memories. I see you ran back the next two years to be world champions. I see you ran for Congress in the 70s. What would Congress been like with you and Jim Bunning in there? Well, the only thing I know is I kind of got talked into it. My first check was from Gene Autry. He sent me a check for $500 and said, come out to California and help you raise some money. Went out to California. In fact, they had an old-timers game. DiMaggio and Mantle were there, and they came up and said, we hear you running. Don't know which ticket. Doesn't matter. We'll fly across the country at our own expense. Do anything you'd like. DiMaggio came in. We had 3,000 people come out. Mantle came into Rock Hill and... Uh, I'm not sure Mantle helped me quite as much. We got on the C 
CB radio and a motor home, and he said, I wouldn't vote for Bobby for dog catcher. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a quiet, uh, close election, uh, quite at that time unpopular to be a Republican in South Carolina. Out of the ten counties I ran in, seven didn't even have a Republican registration. But they're still close, 1,500 votes out of 148,000. Jimmy Carter came in and campaigned against me right at the end when it looked like I was going to win. But I've never done anything else other than several years later when Reagan ran, our governor and Strom Thurmond were both for John Conley, and General Mark Clark and I headed the state of South Carolina for Ronald Reagan. So I traveled with him over the state, and after he won, the senator and the governor came back in, and we kind of eased out. That's the only other thing I've done politically. My wife said I won because I didn't have to move to Washington, and she's probably right. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Well, 55 years, it's worked out pretty good so far. Same home, in fact, 50 years, so we're sitting here today. In fact, that's what I was doing outside working in the yard. So, Thank you very much, Bobby. It was a pleasure talking to you, and good luck in, with the gardening. And thanks for putting me in touch with Moose. I'm so glad he's doing well. So are we. He's a great guy. All right. That was Bobby Richardson. We had a great show today. Moose Scourin, who it's, I'm happy to see he's doing well. He's a legend here in Chicago. Even though he played a couple of years with the White Sox, I think he's known with the White Sox more than the Yankees in Chicago. Yeah, he's probably a legend uh, with the Yankees, too. And then also Vicky Counts, the IFBB Pro Figure Athlete. Another great show. And stay tuned next week to Sports and Torts. And we don't know who we're going to have on, but I'm sure they'll be big. Always. Thank you.